but I'm looking for a 30-day sprint. So let's just say in early childhood education, you want to put together a accredited course. It's going to be five modules, 50 lessons accredited. That's the big deal. You want to bite that off. Yeah. Before you do that, please, please, please make sure that somebody wants it. And here's what I'm going to suggest. Write an article that describes the course in about 1,500 words, 1,500 words. Hi, everyone. Trista McIver here, Program Advisor with AMC MPO Solutions. Today on the Strategic Nonprofit, we will be talking about how to develop e-learning for your not-for-profit, what things you should consider before implementation, and how it can be managed in the future. I've invited Gordon Shepard on the podcast today. He is the president of Expert Training Solutions and helps association leaders to produce and promote online training for their staff, members, and volunteers. Gordon brings more than 25 years of experience as a consultant, trainer, facilitator, marketing and communications advisor, along with a master's degree in business administration, a drama degree, and ProSheet Change Management Certification. Welcome to the podcast, Gordon. Here at AMC, we do a lot of live webinars and virtual training for nonprofits across Canada. If you're looking for virtual governance training or strategic planning for your NPO, drop me a message and I'll be happy to go over options with you. More details are in the show notes. It's really great to be here. You said that 25 years and I got a jolt of remembering and waiting. I wasn't my sort of, you didn't say I was 25. You said I had 25 years of experience. I'm like, yes, I do. And that's what's, that's what's good and maybe not so good in other areas of my life as well. So thank you for that gracious introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, how, how, um, how, how are things going with you today? Well, really good. It's a funny time. Uh, again, when I think about those 25 years and my kids, uh, 19 and 17, and I, as I imagine my consulting uh, evolution as I've gone along, I, I've done a lot of client work, obviously, but I think I may have learned more from them uh, in the teenage years about how to be a consultant and uh, and really what to do uh, from, you know, just sort of being a dad, I think has been a great thing too. But it's nice. I just, that experience piece has been good because when I reach back to kind of what got me here, uh, you know, to this time, you know, and I was in educational television production in the early 90s, uh, in the in mid 90s at TV Ontario in Ontario. And then uh, I've worked at CBC Radio as well, producing, you know, communications material there. And then I did a big stretch in what I call the corporate world at Access Television in Alberta. And they're an education station as well. And, you know, we were getting those educational videos out the door. And I used to, it was in the day when we dropped off a VHS tape for about, uh, I don't know, 30, 40, $50,000 on your desk and that kind of thing. So I just, I laugh because you never, you never know who's listening. And then someone will say like, what's a VHS tape. I'm like, okay, there's the 25 years. What's nice though, is that premise of helping people to produce great educational material has fast forwarded into this time when all the tools changed. And uh, I was out of the TV business in 2012 and thankfully used this MBA to transition and learn organization strategy and actually have worked as a consultant in strategy with a variety of organizations, you know, in the in between there, and then been able to come to this period of these last couple of years where I'm helping leaders in nonprofit to really establish their e-learning programs in the right way that's going to be sustainable over time and really do what they want it to do and not be that kind of one-off thing that I think happens too often. People get excited about their e-learning. They want to maybe do a signature program. They get it produced and then they start to market or they get started and they have to go back to the board again and again and again for more approvals about more dollars that are that are you know needed down the road. Having the full breadth of knowledge now to be able to come to them and say, okay, let's talk about everything up front 
and make sure that you know exactly what's about to happen in the next three to five years to be able to do that. And one of my favorite, favorite questions for association leaders especially is, and maybe your, your folks that are you know watching this right now can keep this in mind and listen, um, is what's the name of your university going to be? your online school. And so if I had to ask about that for your organization, just for fun, and I don't, I don't know if you're the decision maker in this area or not, but I just, for fun, what would you call the name of your organization's school? Well, ours is actually called the NPO Academy. We already there, have it. <laughs> yeah. You're ahead of the game. So you know the yeah. NPO Academy. So you can say immediately then, and you say it with confidence. So you've made that investment, right? You've done it. You're on the way. You're producing learning materials just like this. There's yeah. many organizations when I go to ask that question, if you can imagine yourselves back in, you know, when you didn't know, they don't even have an answer. They kind of smile. They get giddy. And then I'm like, great. Once they come up with that name, NPO Academy, then we reverse engineer the whole process. So that, you know, that's your five-year vision. Great. Now we're going to go all the way back to this square one, wherever you're at. Let's start there and make sure you can get to NPO Academy. And, and you, of course, would know the amount of work that it takes to really get these things up and running. Yeah, I, I personally don't know. Uh, that's done on by our back end, but I do, I do know that it is a lot of work. And um, so Let's talk about, so for example, say um, I'm an executive director. So in my past, I worked in early childhood. So for, for me, I was a part of an association called Early Childhood Educators of BC. So we would uh, need 40 hours of training um, to renew our license. So because there's obviously, because of what's going on in the world, there's not enough in-person trainings. So how as an association leader myself for my organization, how would I go about starting this e-learning process? What a great example, right? We hit these COVID days. I think things for many years, if I'm chicken little, you know, screaming from the sky going, hey, get into your e-learning program. It's going to be great. And some organizations were proactive. Like, you know, if you've got the academy and you've got your thing and you understand what's going on, you're being proactive. Many aren't of the tens of thousands, certainly in Canada, you know, they're just not. And so you just said it. We, we were doing live training. How do we now get to our online training? But I don't think you can rush this process is the honest answer. And so how do you get to it in a way that shows off your experts, drives revenue, does all the things that you want it to do going down the road? And it's been fun to be in the position where I think that first moment for the person that hasn't come up with the name of their school, in a sense, um, is to be able to say there is a way. Uh, it is going to take time. And it doesn't matter really if you don't have very much money. There's things to do these days. This is the great thing about this time. There's tools. There are ways to get this done. And of course, if you need to get up into those big budgets, you can as well. But that, you know, if you don't have much money, you're going to spend a lot of your internal staff resources and time to get it done. And if you do have some money to invest, you can get that hybrid going out the door. And my hope for nonprofit leaders at this very early moment of, you know, who do you talk to and where do you get the right advice is I would say just a word of caution is, they're often talking to one contractor at a time. So they're gonna be you know, talking to their web developer and say, do you know an e-learning person? Or, you know, I gotta get this stuff up and running. And maybe the web developer knows, or maybe they don't, or maybe they got a marketing, uh, you know, somebody either internal or external. What do you think about this? There isn't actually sort of someone in this situation often to pull it all together. And that's where I find myself with all this combined experience these days is being able to walk beside that, uh, that uh, executive director that you described, be, what I call Yoda 
on their shoulder <laughs> to be able to just sort of walk with them and say, where do we start? What's the, what's your starting point? And, uh, and be able to move that forward. So in your case, if we were going to sort of take it a little further as, as an example, you would say, well, you know, what sort of budget, you know, time and resources do you have available? And one of the quick questions that comes up is, do you have internal staff resources? Now, obviously, I guess you folks do have internal support, for example, right? And when you've got that internal support, that's great. But I had one client, for example, they said, well, Gord, I, I paid for the editing software. How come my assistant can't edit yet? And I was like, wait a minute, they're going to need a hundred hours to learn how to edit. Like, just think about our own process with Zoom. How long did it take you to get up and running and get the background right and work on all those things? Like it, these things just take time. So if, again, if you've got lots of money, you can pour it on contractor resources to come in and kind of move things faster. But that may not be the best solution because if your plan over time is to do material that's going to really be lasting, um, then you want to be able to have the right people in place for the right pieces. And so much of, you know, even your experience, you know, when you're talking about this early childhood education, sometimes you need a five module course with 50 lessons. Sometimes you just need to learn the latest topic on curriculum development, let's just say, for, for that area. So that's now as an, exactly. <laughs> as an executive director, you now have to think, well, okay, so what types of materials do I need to get out? And this is really, really starts to get back to this upfront conversation of like, what do you really want to do? And ultimately for me, from my perspective, is, is it going to move your organizational strategy forward? And that's where I start to get super excited because if we can move that forward, then we know we're in the right lane. Absolutely. And, you know, I just had a thought about um, certification. So also the courses, so some of the courses say would be free and some you would as say you, it would be a module where you'd have to, to pay, you know, pay for it and, and go like you would to like a night school course type of thing. Um, and I guess per se with the early childhood educators, you'd have to see if this could be accredited to to that like the certification of it right so there, yeah there's lots of gosh lots of things there's a, there's of a, there's a zillion moving parts i know we're going to talk a little bit about sort of the process that i bring to situations yeah, yeah. um it's a, it's a five-step process that i'm able to say responsibly now i get to sleep well at night because it's an honest thing of not trying to oversell it you don't just sort of come in and go yeah you can get something up and running in three weeks and it's going to last for 10 years like it it's not true in terms of how you need to pull everything together. So by developing kind of steps for people to follow, uh, it gives them an initial feeling of, of kind of what they need to get going. And underneath there, I can say, and I'll, I won't, you know, sort of skip, frighten people, but there's a 25 page checklist underneath the five steps that you want to be able to have organizationally. You want to plan to absorb that into your organization. And I'll start talking about some of the details um, over about a year to a year and a half period. So these executive directors who are already busy, they're already focused on what they're focused on, their main issues. This is another way to then say, okay, oh, wait, there's a manageable way to do this right. And if we get it right, we know it's going to last a long time. And again, I hope that's a, a good way for organizations to go forward. Yeah, so exactly. So it, it seems like, you know, why, why reinvent the wheel, right? I mean, it seems you already have, what, what is this five-step process? Yeah, so for me, it's, it's five, the five steps are, are sort of five Ps to make it kind of, you know, easy to remember. The first step is plan. The second step is prove. The third step is promote. Number four is produce. And finally, perform. And so ultimately, I, I hope for leaders that are uh, taking this in, they're going to spend a lot of time at the planning step until they're almost bored 
of planning. Like just, it has to be that exhaustive because if you don't, you get down the road and you miss something, you'll miss a little thing like, oh, we forgot to check photo rights or um, do we have our privacy policy worked out? These things that they just, it's not on their minds and that shouldn't be really. They should get the help in that they need to get these things done. Uh, but if they spend a lot of time at the planning phase, then what you do is you plan for all the five steps. And if you can at least have a the level, the high level that you as the executive director need and you understand it, and then you know that the people are in place to pull it off, then you've got a good chance to kind of go forward. And so it's fun to sort of step into the first step, which is plan. And in that step, I always talk about, you know, do you have, again, the budget, time, people, and resources? We've talked about that a little bit. But when I get back even further and I say, does this drive your key goals? And for most associations, one of their key goals is to be the voice of their industry. And that's almost guaranteed top two every time we talk about association work. So we know they are the voice of the industry. We know that education and outreach is part of their mandate. Now they're doing it traditionally, right? They're doing it in their conferences and they're doing it in, you know, some of their live training as well. How do they then make sure they get uh, all the pieces in place to go forward? So if we know that we're driving that key goal of being the voice of the industry, then we're in the right lane and we're good to go. We've identified the resources and these things. The budgeting piece that I really like talking about with people is how much money do you need in total over the three to five year period to make your program really go like so that you can go to the board once and be able to say, you know what, here's the number that we need to bite off. But the, the thing that's killing organizations from a momentum point of view is they say, well, let's start with the website. Let's then go and get a learning management system where we're going to upload all the courses and then we'll have it there. And then we'll talk about digital marketing and they do it in piecemeal without having made the plan. And they're going back two and three and four times. And if you're lucky, you've got a board that can guide all this and that's great. Quite often they don't. And so you're finding yourself down the road, losing traction. And again, I mentioned earlier on, they get excited about the content and they get that content produced, but because they haven't done a promotion plan, then they start promoting. Then they start finding out if their students or staff or whoever their members are going to use it. And it doesn't make sense to not sort of do it sort of in order, if that makes sense as well. So if we can get yeah. these budget numbers fully realized uh, at that front end in the planning phase, then they're going to be in great shape. Go to the board once. The board knows what's happening. They're working on this over time. Then as you, it's not to say that you need to bite off the whole plan right away. You can start at $0. And the neat thing these days, we're on a call, you're recording the call, you can get a lot of this done for next to nothing and people hours and get pretty decent material out the door to test your ideas. And I say test because that's the second step, right? If you ever, have you ever had that moment where you put a big thing out and it, the uptake just wasn't what you thought? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, Right. Yeah. You're excited, right? You're, oh, we're yeah. going to, let's, let's write a book. Let's, uh, you know, let's do this whole thing, but you haven't market tested it yet. So if we can draw from the business literature around startup mentality, right? The validation idea that I get into pretty quickly, and I'll leave this sort of as a, there's lots you can do in validation, but I'm looking for a 30 day sprint. So let's just say in early childhood education, you want to put together a accredited course. It's going to be five modules, 50 lessons accredited. That's the big deal. You want to bite that off. Yeah. Or you do that please, please, please make sure that somebody wants it. And here's what I'm going to suggest. Write an article that describes the course in about 1,500 words, 1,500 words, right? In there, you got 
Why does a student want to take it? What's it going to be all about? Introductory paragraph. What are the basic module headers that are going to be in there? Get all that together. And then what's the impact? What is the transformation that the student's going to go through by the time they get through the end of this course? Well, you'll, you'll be accredited. Then you'll have the ability to go and earn a living. Great. That's a great course that you could have in early child education. What's the smallest piece of that then that you can then bite off, record on your camera on a Zoom call like this to create a five-minute video? So now we've got two assets built. Those things are done in about two weeks. You've got a blog article that describes the course. You've got a five-minute video. You recorded it on your, with your phone or maybe on a Zoom call like this. Now you go and you find, I'll say, six members that you want to sell it to. Hopefully, they're not all friendly. Please do not go get your mom and whatever. All these people that are going to say nice things about you. You want to get some people who are going to challenge it. And they read through the article and you just see if they get it. And you, they see this little piece from your subject matter expert. You've got a teacher there. They teach this little piece. And they're going to say, uh, that's great. Go forward. Have a blast. Or they're going to say what starts to happen. I don't like online courses. Or um, I wouldn't use that. Or the material's off. That is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. So you let your ego go and you go, okay, we got some real feedback here. We're going back to the drawing board. That's great. And you've only wasted, spent, invested uh, two weeks of your time three weeks of your time to get this feedback. Do that two and three times and really dial in the content. So then you know you're going somewhere. Then you know they're gonna complete the course and do that along the way. There's lots to talk about in validation, but that really is the crux of the matter. Get something small done. Could be you know whatever you think small is. Get it out to real people and then get on the phone and just talk to them and say, what's going on? And they'll, they'll give you the feedback. So often we get excited in our in what we're doing and we're, you know, we're sitting around the table and like, it's gonna be great. And I think a lot of people are gonna use it. And then it goes out to crickets. Those, a uh, lot of investment being made in corporate video communication, for example, it goes on YouTube. We got eight views and it's like, you wanted 10,000, you know, how can you get it to there? I think that's the level we wanna get it to. Oh, that was great, Gordon, thank you. Can you, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the next step? Yeah, so this leads us into step number three, right? So now we've done our plan. We've got a validation little piece that people are actually biting into and they really understand that um, there's going to be an audience for it. Their members are going to get really excited about the material. The next step is promote. And this is this idea of coming up with a marketing campaign. I don't mean to make that sound overwhelming. It might be as simple as picking up the phone and finding your first 100 students on the phone. Like that actually is a really good technique. A lot of people are overly reliant these days on digital marketing. I'm just going to slam it on Facebook or whatever, and people are going to love it. I think that's very difficult to do, especially if you are you know don't have a lot of experience in that area. And when I'm talking about promotion, I always start and say, what can you do for free? So what have you already got successful out there in, you know, in the uh, social media space and how can you test imagery, that type of thing and get it going. And then finally, um, there's this idea of getting paid, uh, you know, marketing, depending on what that is. And it could be, you know, billboards or magazine ads or whatever you're going to do. But really, before you get there, you want to really have things worked out in your messaging as you're going forward. I'm not sort of a, a super deep marketer. This is that moment where I was saying I would actually refer that moment out if you're going for a big paid campaign to someone who's super experienced in the digital marketing and marketing space. So again, I'm kind of Yoda helping to oversee and this is a member of the team and hopefully you've got this person internally and they can guide things forward. And then now you've got this promotion thing started. Well, finally they're chomping at the bit. They've gotten validation. Students, some people are out there are already excited about the course. You start to actually build the course, right? And you would have been around this if you're, if you're an educator, right? Is it easy to write course curriculums? Right? No, no. <laughs> For three to five year olds? No, absolutely not. Infants is, is even more challenging. <laughs> right? So you've you got to do that. You actually got to get that curriculum up. Now, the nice thing is you're going to write your curriculum, but you've already written that blog article. 
So you already got a framework for what's going on, right? So that's the sneaky part there. You've got that curriculum, you have to write the course. The big warning here, big whatever asterisks we can put up on the graphics if we had some, is um, <laughs> people underestimate how long courses take to write. And it's just the reality of, of actually getting it from talking. The, the ones that, uh, associations that are rushing too much is they'll get someone uh, at the front of a room, they're talking with slides, they record it for two hours, they cut it up in three pieces as a real story, and then they send it out to people and nobody watches it because it's not edited, it's not sort of enjoyable to watch, and it really doesn't reflect the material very well. It would if you were in the room at live, but it doesn't work very well. So you got to write it. That can take on a minimum, I'm just going to say, 100 hours. Now, I say that and people's eyes bug out because they're like, what do you mean 100 hours? But you really have to start thinking in those amounts. And for a signature course that we're talking about accreditation-wise, you're looking at getting uh, your subject matter experts. There might be one, two, three of them involved. You're looking at about 300 hours. Of, and that's going to take place in a rush over probably six months, but comfortably that takes place over a longer period of time. So this is always getting back to the planning. What do we want to do? What's it going to take? And when you start to get into those number of hours for those types of people you have to pay the money to, the budgets are going up and up and up. And are you ready? And how are you going to pay for it? And that has to be a big thing as well. Write the curriculum. There's the outline. Now you've written the course. Somewhere in there, you're going to need a slide deck. So that has to be developed, right? But, and if you've got some graphic people in-house, that's terrific. Then you have to shoot and edit. And here we are. We're shooting. We're recording we're doing the thing you have to learn how to do this in a way that it looks you know i'm going to say solid for your organization if it takes it up another level you can get into some very sophisticated you know production obviously but obviously you want our talking heads and people to look good and sound great finally you want to get those pieces they come out as videos really and they get loaded up into what's called a learning management system so again it's a little acronym that folks are um they hear early on and they're intimidated by it at certainly this executive director that we're talking about it's called an lms now, what I can tell you is there's free solutions, which I think you should actually play with a little bit, upload something into the free system, see how that feels, see how students interact with it. And it is possible, it's very manageable to do that. And then you can actually get some pieces that are off the shelf and you kind of pay month over month for what those might be. And, and of course you can go custom, right? And custom can be really valuable for um, this idea when you're in a larger organization, the budgets are certainly at that more significant level, but there's a lot riding on it. You're going to say, you were talking about engineering, medical, this is where your larger associations are going to tackle that type of platform. So what I'm able to do is help coach people through what system do you need? And again, it doesn't matter to me about what it is. It's what's the appropriate solution for the situation. So now you've gone through the four, first four steps. You planned, you proved it out. You've got some people that are chomping at the bit to get it. You've got a little promotion plan started at least, and you know where to get help for promotion. You've gone into this production phase. You figured out, you know, can we have somebody do it in-house with editing or no, we got to hire somebody, but we know who it is and that's really good. And finally, we're on to the fifth step, the final step, because you got it up and running. It's been successful. You're starting now to measure how many students took the course. How did they stay with it? You know, did they actually learn something, which is really important. And you've budgeted for that phase around this idea of when something breaks, because stuff's it just breaks. It just does. It's, you know, how are we going to be in our customer service for the people that really need to get this? What's that going to look like? And finally, how are we going to pay for our, all of our systems, our learning management system, essentially going forward, do we have the right budget for it? So those are the five steps. And I hope that that gives people an overview of, of really what's necessary. And um, it's exciting again, for me to be an, an integrator ultimately for everything to allow people to get the answers they need quickly or if they're going to do their own research around learning management systems, around uh, providers of um, contractors for any of these elements, uh, just be prepared to take the time to do that. 
because that's really, really important as well. So budgeting time, if you're going to do it on your own, that's great. Get in some help. That's great. And make sure that you've got everybody in the situation aware of what it's really going to take. And I get super excited because I know the vision down the road. I've seen the school name. I know what it can do. It can start to be a revenue driver, right? And now what are we hearing about live events in COVID times? Live events, people are scrambling. It used to be a big revenue generator once a year for many associations. Now that's fallen through the floor and that's really brutal for them. So how can they start to get other revenue? Well, the courses, I don't know if people can charge for them. Maybe they can, they can test that. They may be able to put a logo on the end of an online course. And maybe that's something that really works into their sponsorship packages that starts to help them drive the revenue that they need. Ultimately, these courses can be really used for um, new member signups because members are questioning all the time. What is the value of my membership? Well, if this enhancement comes in, it gets them their PD hours or whatever it is. It gets them uh, really some good education that gets them excited. I think that's really good too. And you pulled the ripcord here so I could talk honestly for a long, long time about just how excited I am to deliver you know, this material and this advice in this format. And again, once I start, you know, getting off the cons the consultative piece, it's great to get into the project management mode and help people along. But I hope people take this forward. I hope they're able to get the resource. And then when I think about your organization, I'm like a little piece of the pie that then, because you folks are in at the strategy level and that really that whole picture level, it's nice to then work and collaborate with organizations like yours because then it all starts to go together in the right way. Uh, yeah, so you mentioned about um, a, um, an association, I guess, that you worked or that you heard of that had a course already, um, and then they did their video recordings. Now, I know, I know, with with the with the ECEBC and 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 many of the other organizations that work with early childhood educators as well, um, they already have um, the in person. So they have the coursework already. They have, you know, the content, all that stuff. So what you're saying is 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 awesome. It's great for for an organization that doesn't have any of that. So I guess for for them, I'm just talking because there's probably a lot of associations that have all this amazing content. They just haven't been able to or um, put it online quite yet. So that's another step. So you may not need as much of the, I, the steps that you're, that you're talking about per se, but if they have the content already, then they're ahead of the game, right? I think so too. And, and the idea is where are you at in the process? So have you already um, done what you folks are doing? We know the name of our school. We're up and running. We produce material. It's part of our regular flow. We know it drives our business. That's great. Uh, if they're at that point where they're, they've got just a big pile of opportunity, uh, the, the quick thing I would say that folks, you know, they hear it, it's, it's agonizing to hear. Just do an inventory of what your current inventory is and then find out which stuff is reusable. And you have to actually go through that process. So then, then there you're at there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that many organizations that are in that moment where they've got lots of content haven't thought deeply about the marketing. So somewhere in there, they're in like, you know, they've validated, just like you said, they've kind of, they, they've done some planning, they've done the validation, they know it's going to work, but then how do they get it organized? And then how do they get uh, it done in the right way with an outside opinion? I always say I'm not in the family when I'm working with people. And how do you know this tempt, the temptation is there to, to deliver all of it. You've got to have all these things. And for online education, that's a killer. Uh, I had a consultant I talked to recently. She's like, oh, I have these nine one-hour pieces about, uh, I think it was leadership and strategy. And I was like, great. 
how can you get that down to something that people are actually going to watch and absorb? Because, you know, in terms of actually getting someone to watch nine hours of anything online these days, very, very difficult. So I love where you're going. They've got great content. How do you prioritize which piece of content is going to be most successful for the right people, which is really understanding your audience is an important question. And then, you know, they get it back into that pipeline of, of production and they actually start to get those things out the door. And so I get, again, excited about entering at that phase because, you know, what have they already put in in time and resources? What was their return on investment so far? And is it going to be worth going forward? Or should they just put a bullet in it and stop? Those are great questions from certainly an outsider. And it gets away from, oh, we're in love with our content. It's going to be great. That kind of thing. And gets back to who's going to use it? How much are they going to use it? And is it going to drive, again, your key objectives? Yeah, exactly. So what um, advice would you give for association leaders in regards to um, budgeting, um, having um, future maintenance of, of the e-learning yeah. uh, on their own? Yeah. Uh, the big piece about budgeting is do enough homework up front to get a big number mm -hmm. um, so that you don't get bamboozled. Like I had a client who got a quote from an e-learning provider and they said they do their course for like a thousand dollars. And I just immediately, I'm like, it's just not going to be a great course. You know, immediately a provider providing at that level, you can't deliver value for not for not for an association at that level. So immediately you're into at least some thousands for a small association and but really quickly up into the low tens of thousands over time. Like I'm not saying that you have to spend it right now, uh, but you'll, you're going to identify those things. And it's either going to come from the number of hours you have to pay somebody internally. So there's going to take them six months out of their salary or whatever that is, or it's going to be external, you know, contractors that you're going to work with. And you've got to kind of just deal with that. Hopefully you've got, again, some guidance from the board level, or you can bring in somebody from the outside to give you a reflection on that. Can't say enough about that. Don't underestimate the amount of time it takes to write the course. So don't get ex overly excited and say, wow, I really want to get this course up and running in 90 days and then be disappointed when that doesn't happen. There's just things that have to go with, translating from your best people into what's, you know, going to really serve your members at a high level. Um, so I think that's another big piece I would advise sort of on the, the, the those pieces as well. And be patient with um, just your own emotional reactions to these numbers that come up, to the amounts of time that come up. Because I think for busy executive directors, busy uh, education committees that are on, you know, sub subbing to the board or whatever it is, they just when these numbers like, Oh, it's going to take a hundred hours or 200 hours. It's going to cost a hundred thousand dollars, whatever those, th those numbers are that you kind of crunch down to um, doing that upfront planning work is worthwhile. Get through kind of the, okay, now we understand what that is. We're not ready this year to do that. So now you know, it's a no-go. That's actually a really valuable part of the exercise, but don't get caught in between those expectations where you're, you're doing something before you know that it's going to get fully delivered. There's a graveyard, of online courses, right? Things that just never got used. They got built. They never got used. They're just sitting out there. It's, I don't know, tons of them. And don't let that happen to yours is what I would say. Thank you. That's great advice. So thanks. So what, um, was there anything that I missed? Anything that you, anything else that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, no, I, that's, it's really, really good. I would just say, you know, if you get a chance to have a thorough process, uh, to, you know, like the five steps that, that I have, or maybe you've got some people already have like a project manager they're dealing with. And, you know, those are good processes as well. They can get in place. I would just say, have a process 
and make sure you sort of diligently follow along with it and and a lot the certain and don't underestimate the amount of time again that it takes to plan. Um, you know, good 10, 15, 20 hours of working with the right people to get it kind of in a zone where you can then start to think about proceeding is a really great thing. Uh, and don't get caught out by individual contractors who get excited. So the web provider, the digital marketer, they're excited. They, they want to do their work and that's great. But having an integrated way to think, I think is the best way, in my opinion, anyway, for these programs to be successful over a long period of time. And you're certainly going to, for any membership driven organization these days, back to that whole thing of member value, that's the critical piece that you got to go forward. So this bolts in if you get it right, and that'll really drive that going forward. Absolutely. Member value is yeah, the biggest, biggest thing. And, that, and that's exactly what we've, we've been doing too as AMC. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really great during this time to help people out that way. Well, thank yeah, you. I'm, and it's nice to work. It's nice to be on a podcast with another organization that holds those values up, right? Where that's, that's the driver, right? That's the important piece. Then you're not going to get caught up and, and just do really work that's not going to achieve your goals. So helping people to achieve their goals, it's just super exciting. And again, meeting other great people that are doing it too. It just makes for an easy conversation. Sure does. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. It's been great to be on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye. Yes, that was a great conversation that I had today with Gordon Shepard. And check out our e-learning on npoacademy.com. Thank you.